Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 13 through 23. Hear now the word of the Lord. Now after they had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night, and went to Egypt, and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet, Out of Egypt I have called my son. When Herod saw that he'd been tricked by the wise men, he was infuriated. And he sent and killed all the children in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under, according to the time that he had learned from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, wailing and loud lamentation. Rachel, weeping for her children, she refused to be consoled because they are no more. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who were seeking the child's life are dead. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was ruling over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And after being warned in a dream, he went away to the district of Galilee. There he made his home in a town called Nazareth, so that what had been spoken through the prophets might be fulfilled. He will be called a Nazarene. Would you pray with me? What's next? It's a question that was frequently part of the television show, The West Wing, for the first several seasons. The West Wing was an award-winning show that chronicled the fictional presidency of Josiah Bartlett. President Bartlett, played by actor Martin Sheen, was famous for asking, what's next? Anytime he was ready to move on to a different topic or a different task with his staff. And each time he asked the question, what's next? His staffers would quickly pivot to something else that needed the president's attention. You see, asking what's next was President Bartlett's favorite way of moving on or moving forward. 
And as a young couple, my husband David and I, we really enjoyed watching the show The West Wing. We'd watch it together each week. This political drama created by Aaron Sorkin, it spanned seven seasons from 1999 to 2006. And as we watched the show week after week and season after season, (laughs) we grew up. We went from being a young, engaged couple to a slightly older married couple living in a new city, navigating the new of new jobs, and trying to figure out all these new grown-up responsibilities. Those early days of married life were fun. They really were. But they were also filled with a lot of challenges. It was a season of life that was full of mountains and valleys, of highs and low, as we tried to figure out how to make a life together. And to be honest, in the whirlwind of all this new life together, we were often left pivoting and asking, what's next? What's next, O Lord? And unlike actor Martin Sheen's character on the West Wing, neither one of us were looking to move on to something else. We were just, after all, starting our married adventure together. Instead, our question was born out of needing direction and guidance from above. Our what's next question was a way of prayerfully seeking what God wanted to do with us. How would God use us as a couple on this adventure of faith? Little did we know that God's next would mean something for us that we had never imagined. But God did. He knew all about it. He knew that he would one day call two mid-career professionals to ministry. He knew that he would send us to serve overseas. And he knew that even though we'd gone as a family of two, he would bring us back seven years later with a new daughter. God is full of surprises. And God's next for us was more abundant than we could even begin to imagine. In those early days of marriage, we asked, what's next? Again and again. And God brought something that was more abundant than we could have ever fathomed. What's next? It's a question that must have been on Joseph's lips just as soon as he awoke from a dream, visited by an angel with another message. What's next? Joseph must have wondered as he considered what running away to Egypt in the dark of night would mean for him, for Mary, and for Jesus. What's next? Joseph must have asked with his voice shaking. After all, he and Mary had already been through a lot, a lot of unusual challenges. And here the angel came visiting once again. At this point in the story, Mary and Joseph had already been through a lot as a young couple. They'd been rerouted and uprooted so many times. Yet in all of the ups and downs and uncertainties and all the what-ifs, 
they continue to trust God and to trust God's next for them and for their lives. From the time of the angel's first announcement to Mary, things had been different for them. Their plans for a typical engagement and a usual start to married life together were tossed aside as they surrendered to God's next for them. Then there was the long and arduous journey to Bethlehem, at the end of which Mary gave birth in a messy and smelly stable. I'm sure Mary and Joseph didn't imagine that this would be God's next for them, or how God's only son would come into the world. Next, these new parents, Mary and Joseph, here they are tasked with protecting and providing for God's only son, Jesus. What a challenge for a young couple. Yet, they boldly accepted God's next for their lives, It must have felt like they were in a whirlwind of new. And all the while, Jesus keeps being recognized and attracting a lot of attention from the people around, many of which Mary and Joseph did not know. They witnessed the shepherds running in to worship Jesus the very night that he was born. They saw elderly Anna and Simeon recognize Jesus as the Messiah when they took him to the temple to dedicate him. Later, they were surprised by a visit from the wise men bringing kingly gifts to a newborn baby. It was a lot of new to navigate as a family. And as parents, they must have been exhausted And they must have felt like they were waiting for the other shoe to drop. They must have been asking, what's next? What's next, O Lord? What does the future hold for us, for Jesus, for our family? And then as soon as the wise men left, Joseph had another dream. In this dream, the angel told told him to take Mary and Jesus to Egypt so that they might escape the jealous wrath of Herod who wanted to kill Jesus. The text tells us that Joseph got up and took Mary and the child by night to Egypt. No time to pack, no time to say goodbye, no time to question the logic of God's plan in sending them to a place where their people had once been enslaved. There was only time to run, to flee, in order to protect Jesus from the wrath of Herod. What's next, they must have wondered as they fled into the night. It must have been terrifying under the cover of darkness, looking around every corner to make sure they had safe passage as a family. I can imagine Mary tightly clutching Jesus in order to protect him as they lurked in the shadows, making their way through the night. With each step of the journey, they were watching and wondering and asking, what's next? What's next, O Lord? Once they arrived in Egypt, there was much to learn and so many things to arrange in order to establish their lives there. 
Imagine finding shelter, furnishings, food, and some sort of work to support the family when you didn't speak the language well. This was not easy for a young couple, for a young family. There were many challenges, and I'm sure they were left looking for direction from above. Thankfully, God was with Mary and Joseph in all of those moments, in all of those times when they asked, what's next? And they faithfully followed his lead, no matter how many times he rerouted them, no matter how many times he sent them in a new direction. This young couple, in a whirlwind of new, trusted God. And they were boldly leaning into and living out God's next for them. Mary and Joseph's obedience to God and his next in their lives is what protected Jesus when Herod's wrath turned truly deadly. Because Joseph listened to the angel in his dream, Jesus was safely in Egypt when Herod ordered the death of all male children two years old and under in Bethlehem. I imagine that mothers and fathers in the city of David cried and mourned the loss of their sons. And in the ashes of despair, I imagine that they too, with voices trembling, whispered, What's next? What's next, O Lord? And I wonder if the news of Herod's terrible death reached Egypt. I wonder, did Mary and Joseph hear about the news and feel afraid again? Yet despite Herod's raid of terror... Things eventually did settle down for the new family in Egypt. Their daily lives and some sense of routine came again. Things were a little more normal. That is, of course, until Joseph had another dream and God's next was revealed to Joseph again. In this new dream, Joseph learned that Herod had died and it was finally safe to go back to their homeland. The family made their way to Nazareth, boldly embracing God's next for them once again, trusting that God would protect them and provide for them this time too. What's next? We too understand this question, don't we? What's next? It's a question that's been on our lips all of 2020 as we've wondered what this year full of challenges would bring. And it felt so scary and unfamiliar and uncertain, didn't it? What's next, we cried, as we've dealt with heart-wrenching loss and grief this year. What's next, we wondered, as we sought for direction from above. In many ways, 2020 may have felt like the longest year of our lives. The chaos of this year, the events that have swirled on our television screens, in our communities, and yes, even in our homes, has been overwhelming. It's been a whirlwind of new experience that none of us wishes to repeat.
here are just a few of the things that we've been wrestling with and experienced this year. A worldwide pandemic that has killed far too many. Devastating unemployment and economic uncertainty that have left many in desperate need. Agonizing separation from family, from friends, from church family. Racial injustice and violence that caused both heartache and fear. Political division and acrimony that tore many relationships apart. Forest fires, hurricanes, tornadoes that caused death and destruction. Loneliness and social isolation. Virtual church, virtual meetings, virtual schooling. It's been a lot. Quick and unsettling changes to normal routines, to our schedules, and yes, even to long-standing family traditions. It's been a hard year. We've been through a lot. And with each new challenge this year, our hearts have asked, what's next? What's next, O Lord? What will the future hold? And if we're honest... If the answer's anything like 2020, maybe we don't want to go there. Yet in the midst of this hard year, God has taught us a lot. Like Mary and Joseph, we've learned the art of pivoting and holding things lightly. As much redirecting and rerouting and rearranging has been required of all of us. As followers of Christ, we have learned to lean into the promise that God will guide us, God will take care of us, and God will provide for us no matter what is next. We've learned to actively trust that God will be with us. For just as God made a way for Mary and Joseph to escape Herod's deadly wrath. God continues to make a way for us. Christmas reminds us of this. For our deliverer, Jesus, came. And he is the one who makes a way for us to move out of the wilderness of difficult times and to step bravely into God's next for us all. Singer and prolific composer Rich Mullins penned a beautiful song about the escape to Egypt. The lyrics of this song remind us that Jesus, our deliverer, is standing by. Here are just a few of the words from Mullins' song. Joseph took his wife and his child, and they went to Africa, to escape the rage of a deadly king. There along the banks of the Nile, Jesus listened to the songs that the captive children used to sing. They were singing, My deliverer is coming. My deliverer is standing by. He will never break his promise He has written it 
upon the sky. My deliverer is coming. My deliverer is standing by. Friends, our deliverer, Jesus Christ, came at Christmas. And we know that he will one day come again to make all things new. Yet even now, as we stand here between one year and the next, asking yet again, what's next? He is ready to give us direction. Even now, as we're standing between Christ's kingdom, which is already here but not yet fully realized, our deliverer is with us. He is standing by and ready to lead us forward. Our deliverer is here, and he's ready to walk with us as we look for and lean into God's next for us all. So as we're standing here just a few days away from a new year, are we open to God's next? Like Mary and Joseph were? Are we actively leaning into the promise that God will take care of us even when he reroutes us into something that's unfamiliar? Do we believe that God's next is abundant? Or are we just ready to move on to another year that's not this year? Maybe a little of both. So what's next? Friends, I confess, I can't stand here and tell you what will happen next. But I know this to be true. To the core of who I am, I know that God is next. That's right, the great I am, he's what's next. And his plans for us individually and as a church family are more abundant than we can begin to even imagine. The great I am is who is next. And if we dig into scripture a little more, we remember that God's answered the question, what's next, so many times before. God faithfully answered the what's next questions in the lives of Abraham and Sarah, in the lives of Moses, in the life of Samuel, in the life of David, and in the lives of countless others like Mary and Joseph. God has answered the question, what's next, through the prophet Jeremiah, saying, For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for your welfare and not for harm. To give you a future with hope. God has answered the question, what's next? Through the prophet Isaiah saying, I'm about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. He's answered the question, what's next, by sending his one and only son, Jesus, to teach us how to live, to show us how to love, and to deliver us from all our sins. And God continues to 
answer the question, what's next, in the lives of people all over the world today. Because God himself is next. The great I am is what's next. And he's the next that we need. Yes, the promises of God's abundant next is sure. And if we come and we're open to embracing God's next fully, he will deliver us into a season full of new vision, new purpose, new ministry. In challenging times, we know that God is next because we've experienced his love and his deliverance again and again and again. So as we stand here on the final Sunday of 2020 and prepare to turn the page, we are called to be people who look for and lean into God's next. Even if it feels uncertain, even if it comes with some challenges. For with faith in our deliverer, Jesus, we, like Mary and Joseph and so many others who've gone before us, can step out in faith with bold and courageous feet, even if our voices are shaking. As we ask once again, what's next? What's next, O Lord? For I know this. We will hear an answer, even in the darkest times, that reminds us time and time again that God is next and his abundant next for us all is exactly what we need. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponstelian Baptist Church.